Hi, and welcome to Strangers on the Internet, a podcast about making online dating work for you. My name is Irina Manta, and I'm a professor at the Maurice A. Dean School of Law at Hofstra University. I'm also a dating coach and a consultant for the dating app industry. And I am Michelle Lang, a senior lecturer in psychology at Christopher Newport University in Virginia and a clinical psychologist in private practice. All views expressed on this podcast are our own and not our employers. Much of what we've talked about as it relates to dating strangers from the internet has been based upon meeting on dating apps. But the internet is vast and presents other opportunities to meet someone you might hit it off with. This thought might even allow you to breathe a sigh of relief because we've discussed all the problematic aspects of the apps extensively. On today's episode, we're going to talk with a couple who met in alternative spaces on the internet. We're excited to have with us today Jane Ash and Damon. Jane Ash is originally from outside of Nashville, Tennessee, and Damon is from Sibley, Louisiana. But fate has landed both of them in Florida today. They met through a special interest group online where Jane Ash's thoughtful Star Wars posts had Damon hooked. Welcome to Strangers on the Internet, to both of you. So for many of our listeners, the idea of meaningfully connecting with and ultimately winding up in a relationship with someone you met in some online group will be something they haven't previously considered, and for some, it will take them aback. But then those are the same attitudes many have toward the idea of dating someone you met on Match or Tinder a decade ago, whereas now it's an incredibly common origin story. In some ways as well, if you think about it, it really seems to be appealing in a different kind of way than dating sites. What I'm thinking is on dating sites, that's the thing we have in common. We're single and looking to mingle. And then we can list our interests and scan other profiles for something similar. But on other corners of the internet, you've arrived there because you already have an interest in common. Of course, the flip side is you don't know who in that group is single and searching. And you probably aren't there with dating on the forefront of your brain. But maybe that allows you to connect in a more organic way than a trying to impress kind of way. I don't know, you're all the ones who lived it, so you tell us. Let's dive in with some questions for our couple. So maybe we could start simple, Jane Ash and Damon. How and where did you guys meet? So we met through Facebook, through a Facebook group called Binge Mode, which is a Facebook group based off of a podcast. There's actually several separate subgroups of this podcast at this point, including a dating version but we met in the original group based on you know bingeable ips and things like marvel and harry potter and that sort of thing that is kind of the basis of what everyone who joins it is into and you tell us jane ash that you had star wars posts was it that originally tell us what you were posting about and then damon what was it that caught your eye so for frame of reference, I, I live in Florida and I do have a medical marijuana card. And so I decided to try and watch the Star Wars movies for the first time ever. Never seen any of them. And I said, you know, to heck with it. Why don't I just get a little high and try to watch Star Wars for the first time? And kind of jokingly, I was like, these are, this is what I'm thinking about this. And everyone in the group reacted really positively and was like, oh no, we want to see what the rest of your thoughts are. We want to hear what you have to say about this. Cause I guess it was a little bit 
funny to see a grown adult watching Star Wars for the first time and the opinions that arose out of that through the lens of being a little bit not sober. Yes, and the fact that it was not very sober was just hilarious. And I I love Star Wars. I've been a fan since I was a child. And to see someone experience it for the first time now was just was really great. And she had great commentary. She gravitated towards Jar Jar Binks, which I, I, I love, which is just great. And I just, you know, I, I would react and I would comment and reply back. And that's just kind of how it started our, our friendship. I just, I thought it was really fun, a really fun little thing to do. We always, you know, look for fun and things to engage with in the group. Uh, it'd be anything from a poll to a, our friend does brackets. And and her high thoughts really became kind of a, a, a big staple of the group. And that's, that's just kind of how we, we connected. Did you expect that you might find love in that group? Or was it like totally by accident? And then also like, how did things develop? Like those initial conversations going from, hey, we're just nerding out together to, oh, I might be interested in you in some other way. Yes, it really just started out as, as being friends. Um, she reached out to me on, on Messenger and we just started talking about our interests and, and everything. We found out we had a lot in you know, in common. We both love most of these properties, big Harry Potter fans. She loved Game of Thrones until she didn't love Game of Thrones, um, as, as many do. And it just, it was easy. It was just, we, we clicked really, really soon, really quickly. It didn't seem like that was forceful. It just flowed always. We both like to laugh a lot. We're, we're both silly and goofy. And it, so it just kind of, we were on the same level to begin with. And from there, it just kind of went from a friendship to into something to where we just really wanted to talk to each other more often. And I, I don't really know when I really decided I, I liked Jane Ash. It just kind of organically happened. Uh, we just kept talking so much and it was just like normal. And it's just like, oh, I didn't talk to her today. That That's kind of sad. I, I wanted to talk to her again. And that's I guess that's really when I realized that we, you know, I would love for this to maybe be, be something more. That's pretty much how it went. It was just, I... As I said, the high thoughts kind of took off and there were lots of people that I was talking to from the group who I hadn't really interacted with before, but this was kind of the, you know, I woke up and I would text him and I text him before I fell asleep and just kind of continued on with that sort of thing. And we didn't even, goodness, I think for the first probably six months of our friendship relationship, whichever it was at the time, we did not even have a single like actual argument or disagreement we were just constantly on the same page having a great time nothing was too serious nothing was too intense and we just were going with it which makes me wonder what came first the we are in a relationship or your first argument the relationship actually i don't think we had our first big argument until oh goodness we started dating our like official anniversary date is March the 9th of 2022. And I don't think we had an actual fight until August or September of last year. Yeah, that sounds about right. I can't even remember what it was about, but it was, I'm sure it was stupid. So when did you guys, you said it was kind of organic. Was there just a point where you're like, so we're dating now <laughs> or was it ever like an actual conversation? Yeah, actually, I mean, we actually had to decide when we had to started dating. We had to backtrack. We we're like, well, I mean, 
we are dating. We don't really know when it happened. We just decided we wanted to be with each other. And so I, I think like several months ago, we I'd finally moved to Florida and we were talking like, what, when did we start dating? So we, we kind of, I looked at my messages and my history is like, well, you know, this is when we really started, you know, like heavy flirting and, and all that. And it's like, let's, let's go with, with March. And we, you know, we just kind of had to pinpoint it, but like, we just never really discussed it until, until then, you know, until it really became like real when I was able to move to Florida. So all of that is true, but I would like to clarify that we did pinpoint it as March 9th because we are also big Bob's Burgers nerds. And the running joke in Bob's Burgers is that Bob and Linda's anniversary is 9 3. 9 is divisible by 3. And I was like, what if we were 3 9? 3 multiplies to 9. So that's where that actually came from. It sounds like it suits you guys perfectly. Nice. So what were the challenges of having an online relationship and, and how long did it take until you're like, okay, well, we got to meet in person. I think that the biggest challenges were actually more related to the people around us, me specifically, because it was kind of a hard thing to explain like, oh yes, I am dating this guy. He is my boyfriend, but we don't know each other like we've never met in person and I had to actually for a point be like oh no we met each other a long time ago we've known each other for a while just because it was so much easier to say that than to be like yeah we met once and then we moved in together which I don't necessarily advise for most people but for us it worked out really well so that was the first time that you met no. when you moved in together no. we, to clarify we like, met no, one no, time okay, he came no. to visit so he was supposed <laughs> to come and visit me in april of last year because i was working close to where he lived um, but due to work and stuff he couldn't get off and so we kind of waited all summer he saved up his money and then flew out to visit me in august i think it was yeah august and he came out to stay for 10 days ish and then flew no he drove back home and then moved in about a month later because we just didn't we didn't want to do distance it made sense and it worked damon what was it like for you committing to make that move were you i mean what were you thinking so i told myself i would never move across the country or even halfway across the country for someone like, I was like, I'm not doing that. You know, it's just, I can't. And then I, you know, I ended up doing it. So it's just, I hadn't had a relationship in a, in a while. Um, I had moved to Colorado for six years previously, actually, before I'd moved back to Louisiana for a little bit. And there, like, the dating pool in Colorado's just really weird. Um, it's like three guys to every one girl. It, it's just very men heavy. And so, like, I I went on a couple of dates in Colorado, but it's just very, it, nothing really happened. And I moved back home, and I just wasn't really try, looking for anything at that point. And so I wasn't expecting this. And, of course, they always say when you're finally not looking is when you, when you find someone. And that's really what happened. And it's just, we started clicking, and it felt so easy and, and right. It was just like, I was like, I this is wild. I don't want to move to Florida. Who wants to move to Florida, really? But when we hung out, it just it felt right. I I really liked her. 
And I was like, why not? You know, there's nothing else I have going for me in Louisiana. This is a good fresh start. Let's do it. You know, just I just kind of made the dive and it's been working out really well so far. So what was the first in-person meeting like after, you know, all this time spent talking? Was it what you expected? Were you surprised by anything? Was it just overwhelming? It was a little bit stressful not because of him but because his flight got a little delayed and his layover was a little delayed and so we were both a smidge panicked that he wasn't going to actually make it to the airport where I was but once he actually got there it was pouring rain I remember that was freezing and it's pouring rain and everything was just normal from there we had pizza and we hung out and that was the beginning of the end. Yeah, um, we went to Orlando. We went to Universal the next day, actually. And it was just, I hadn't been in, in several years. And it was just really fun to hang out and experience that together. And it was just, it was, like I keep saying, it's just kind of easy. It just felt normal. It felt like we'd been doing this for forever. And so I was just like, okay, this is great. I like this. Jane, as you had talked about in the beginning, one of the hardest parts was explaining to people the truth of we met online through a group. Damon, did you have similar difficulties or or other challenges on your end? And then also for both of you, what was it like after that? How did people respond when you told them told them where you actually met? So I actually didn't have too much trouble because I actually do have a history of meeting people online in alternative ways. I met two previous girlfriends on a text-based RPG forum. And so this is not uh, really my first foray into this. Meeting people in, in person is just such a weird, uncomfortable, awkward kind of thing to like, you know, really to even start a relationship from that is just, I've never, I've been a very, I'm a very social, socially anxious person. And so I'm just more comfortable talking to people online. And so I've met people that way before and had to kind of sidestep how before. But by by now, I was just like, I don't care. I don't care what people say or, you know, this is just more normal today, you know, meeting people online. So I just, you know, I told people, met her on a Facebook group, you know, from a bunch of nerds. It's, it's my people. And so they're like, oh, okay. Yeah, this is Damon. That makes sense. So I didn't have too much trouble. Uh, yeah, I mean, at this point, it is just kind of normal. Everyone around me after Damon started being more of a staple, like in my physical life. I don't think anyone questioned it after that, because they kept saying, you know, you're so much happier with him. Everything seems to be going so much smoother, so much nicer. So I think at that point, everyone kind of realized it doesn't really matter how quick it was or how weird it was. It just happens to work. And that's what matters. I, I am very much sympathetic to your story and, and it makes me go down memory lane because in the in the nineties and this was, this was really early, right? So this was the days of CompuServe and IRC chat and all that. Like, you know, I met a couple of people and, and actually the first person I, I really fell in love with when I was sixteen was someone living halfway across the world and it can be very real. And, and this was also before there was as much, you know, catfishing and a lot of this stuff that Michelle and I have talked about on this show. And so much of the time, the person 
kind of was like what they were like online, right? Like it wasn't really this, in some ways there's a, there's a bigger wall now than there was then, which is weird, I guess, because it was more niche back then. And, you know, we were wondering, I mean, before you met in this forum, did both of you try dating apps, which is of course an option today that they used to be around. Did you try dating apps? Did you like or dislike that experience? So how was it different from meeting in this more, perhaps more organic way in, in a common interest group? So my story is a little bit different from most. I, I am pretty open about this. I, I don't know if you guys will want to edit this out later because it's slightly scandalous, but I, I'm very open about this. I tried regular dating apps and reached a point where I determined that if people were going to waste my time, I might as well at least make some money off of it. So I started with a sugar daddy dating app. It's technically a website. They don't have an app, but I started with that instead. And it honestly is very similar in where you just kind of, you know, you're dealing with the same sort of online things. You meet up in a public space, that sort of thing. But if it works out, you end up, you know, getting an allowance and, you know, there's something in it for you. So even if they are wasting your time at the end of the day, you know, you still come out $500 richer. So that's where I was. I've heard other people say that. I've heard other people say the same thing. Uh, it's interesting. Uh, or at least that they feel like... I was just going to say, like, you know, it actually really makes me think too, we should do an episode at some point with sugar daddies and sugar babies as well, because... You know, I imagine for different people, there's different motivations. So not asking you to speak for the entire Sugar Babies community, Jane Ash. But, you know, I really think it's interesting what you said about, well, if people are going to waste my time, you know, I may as well get paid for it. And so you are going into it, if at least in some parts, cynically, right? You're like, I feel like my time's going to be wasted. And it's such a contrast from what you were ex expecting when you were going into these interest groups online. And so, you know, I really think the topic of today's episode, this idea of meeting in alternative spaces, really speaks to how you might go into things with different and more positive, more hopeful mentalities that ultimately could lead to a positive outcome such as happened for you all. So, you know, I'm glad for you that you were trying, you know, different alternatives and you found the one that worked for you, Jane Ash. Damon, I've got to follow up with you as well about you said you had a history of you've previously met people through different online groups. How has that gone for you generally? Or is it a mixed bag? Is it mostly I recommend mostly I don't? What can you tell us? Well, I definitely don't say I regret either of those relationships. They were both, you know, great people. I was pretty young at the time. It was just a really fun group and a fun community. It was a Harry Potter RPG group, uh, like back in 2005 to 2009. And it's just this really fun group. We were all really good friends. And, and I just kind of became a little smitten with, with one person. And we we got we had a relationship. And then after that kind of ran its course, uh, I... I ended up becoming with someone else from that group also. And it's just, uh, while they didn't last forever, they, they were fun. There was a lot of good memories and just to meet someone in that way. Like you said, you have a, you have a common interest from the start. You're not necessarily there to meet someone. So you're not trying to impress anyone. You're not getting in your head about it. You're just, you're friends, you're talking. And if the feelings come up there, they're there. And, you know, you can act on them if you want to. It's just, I've always been more comfortable talking to people online. You're, you're able, to, I don't get stuck in my head as much. I don't stumble and stutter and, and get nervous. So it's just, I'm more myself if that's, you know, which is kind of weird to say, but I'm, I'm just definitely more at 
piece talking to someone online or through text like that. And it was just really fun. And, uh, you know, I, I definitely recommend people to, to reach out in those communities if you're, if you're in them to, you know, for like-minded people, it's just a, it's a much better way instead of dating apps. I've had horror stories of dating apps, uh, had, it was a Tinder date and she came over and we watched a movie and she proceeded to be on her phone the entire time. Like just literally the entire time and barely talked. And it was just like, why did you come over and for the date? If you were just going to do that, it's just, uh, I don't dating apps are just, everyone wants something different and no one ever seems to want to be honest. And so I've never had any success on dating apps. Like, mainly everyone who connects is a bot you know i don't know if women get that nearly as much but men we we get a lot of bots we're like hey want to send me money want to want to join this website and i'm like no not this again and so i just really just kind of end up giving up so well the men deal with a lot more bots but on the other hand what happens to the women is that their horror stories Uh tend to entail things like someone's actually assaulting them or, or doing something else like that. So definitely a lot of problems, some of which we've, uh, we've talked about before in, a, in some of our other episodes. It's very interesting what you were saying, Damon. Um, and again, I, I really um, connect with what you said about in some ways feeling more like oneself online. Like I feel like several of my closest friendships for the last 20 years have mostly been online even though it's people i knew but maybe i even met them in person first but for a lot of people that's a very comfortable way of talking i don't know if if you identify that way but certainly a lot of people who identify as neurodivergent find it to be a more comfortable environment um less less awkward less anxiety inducing and and all of these things and uh and i think the the people who, who don't identify with that to them it's really weird right they're like what do you mean you're more comfortable online that's weird Right, very strange. Jainash, have you heard from of other stories of people who met, like the two of you, whether in the same group uh, or others? Have you been able to uh, kind of trade notes with uh, with other couples? Who, uh... So I don't know that I would say like trade notes, but there are quite a few couples that have developed out of it. So Binge Mode, the, as I said, Binge Mode has a subgroup that's a dating group, which was, I think, founded in July of 2019 after kind of a joke on the main group page that was like, wow, it would be really cool if we had a dating app just for the binge mode people, because, you know, these are already people who are going to have similar interests. There are people who, you know, are going to fall kind of similarly to you on, you know, what's important and what you think matters in life and that sort of thing. And so it was kind of a joke that someone ran with and was like, oh yeah, let's make a Facebook group for it. And there are quite a few relationships that have developed out of that. Um, but beyond that, I think there's so many friendships that have come up from just being able to meet people. And it really developed during the pandemic when no one could go out. And so the group would start having like Zoom calls together and we'd all watch a movie at the same time and do trivia and that sort of thing. And so I think it is in this space, particularly with this particular podcast and the groups and subgroups based upon it, I think it is actually fairly common to find someone that you really connect with on a level there and then run with that. So I can really resonate with what you're saying there too. I think for me, a silver lining of the pandemic was some of my friendships got a lot closer and they were all through 
like the internet, like some one of my group chats, we became a lot closer during the pandemic. A couple of my online groups, we all just were on there more posting. And and again, because we already had similar values, we were tending to be bothered by the same things, needing resources with the same things. And so I had the same experience. And also, I mean, I'm like you, Damon, as you said, I'm more comfortable getting to know somebody online and, and kind of being more myself in that format or I'm also good with one-on-one -on -one conversation, but I find it hard to start that with strangers in real life. I do find it easier online when you know there's some kind of shared interest that brings you there together. And so I'm your people in that respect as well. And I really think a major takeaway I'm getting from this episode is some people are going to think that's very weird. As you said, Irina, there's, you know, I guess two types of people. <laughs> the people who are like, what do you mean you're meeting online? That's so strange. That must feel so awkward. And the types who are like, what do you mean you're meeting in person? That's got to be the weirdest thing, starting a conversation with somebody out of the blue. And so I'm wondering, I know a question we'll have for you all are, given that your relationship is going so well, and also given whatever past experiences each of you have had, what advice do you have for weary daters out there looking for their person? And I'm going to go ahead and guess one of them is be authentic. If you're the type that likes to meet in person, go do it in person. If you're the type that is more comfortable online, even if everyone else is going to call you weird, find your fellow weirdos. And, you know, um, so it's, it sounds like maybe it's being true to what feels comfortable for yourself and finding your people. What other advice would you guys give based on your experiences? I would probably say what's worked the best for the two of us is that, you know, as you speaking about neurodivergency, like I am diagnosed ADHD and have a whole slew of my own issues. But from the very get go with Damon, there was no masking. There was no pretending to be more civilized than I actually am in real life. There was never any sort of like dancing around and trying to be polite to each other or, you know, fit in with society's expectations because we weren't going out on dates and going to dinner or those sorts of things where people are going to be seeing you and you have to kind of be, you know, a little quiet and respectful of the space you're in. And so I think we got kind of lucky in the scenario that we have as well to where our first big date together we did go to an amusement park and had a great time and from there until now it's never been we don't hide things from each other we don't try to act a certain way even I mean even when we go to my work functions I'm still a little bit uh extra feral but they have just kind of come to accept it I don't know if you if you feel the same way but I think one of the things that greatly simplifies online communication is there's not that whole issue of whose turn is it to talk and people can kind of just talk. And sometimes they're even having, I mean, I have that experience with some of my friends where we're having concurrent conversations about different things and each person is sort of on their own thread, but you're, you're still reading what the other one's saying. And now certainly with reaction emojis and things like that, it's even more true that you can react and so you can respond to them while continuing with your own thing. And what many of us think is actually a very beautiful way. I mean, Michelle and I met online also in a, in a common interest group, one might say. And I always thought, man, she always makes these really smart comments. And we were on the same page a lot. I'm like, okay. I well, thought the same thing. We're fangirling <laughs> each other from afar. 
That's right. So uh, and, until yeah. one faded day, we wound up in conversation. <laughs> and I mean, as you know, as the pandemic continues, different people are handling it in different ways. But there are certainly still people that are mostly relying on online on these online groups because they are being really careful, whether it's because they're immunocompromised or just in general are concerned about all the research coming out about long COVID, et cetera, right? Uh, and so these communities have become, the last few years, yeah, definitely more important than, than ever. Uh, and in fact, for some people, the sole social support that they, have, uh, that they have at this point. So now I'm wondering now, now that you are together in person, do you still spend time? in these online communities or, or maybe yes, but less so, how has that developed for you? I would, I would definitely say less so because to be honest, he, he was mostly who I was interacting with there towards the end. And so now it's, you know, I'll say something out loud to him instead of sharing it with the group. And it's just easy to have conversations back and forth. How about you, Damon? Yeah. I would say I am still a little bit more active than, than Jane Ash is on the group. I'm just a nerd and I have to nerd out on things. And if she's not a fan of it, I got to talk to somebody about it. Um, <laughs> thankfully, I have an out, I have a output. Uh, I have my own podcast, actually, which started from this the uh, binge mode group. Uh, the pandemic happened and I was just I needed something to do. And so talked with some friends and we started one and. And it's just really grown from there. But like this community, I have friends who I talk to daily from it still. I've just made some really like lifelong friends from it. And so maybe not as much activity on the group per se, but I talk to plenty of people from there constantly. So it, I, I just really enjoy the people that, that I've met there. It's, it's just a really big, great, uh, active community. I think what you're saying there really aligns with advice we've given to our listeners before, which is it's important for your relationship to be important, but also to not depend on your partner for everything and to be aware of, don't force them to share an interest that's not theirs, to be able to have other outlets as well. And so I think that probably helps you guys be in the happy spot you are now that you don't have to bring all your nerd stuff, Damon, to Jane Ash that she doesn't care about. But you can bring the nerd stuff to her that she does care about. I, I will say I am probably much worse about that than he is. He is very respectful, for the most part, of what I do and don't like. Whereas I am constantly like, I know you don't like this, but how about I stick you on a horse and let you loose instead? Which is literally what I think. <laughs> You're shaking your head, Damon. <laughs> yes, she is a horse girl. Not a fan. And uh, I'm not a fan of horses. I am much more tolerable of them now after being around them, but they just, they're big and large and, and scary. I'm not, I'm, I'm good on horses. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting, right? Like, you're never or almost never going to find someone that has the exact same hobbies, like Michelle said, and, and, Sometimes it's just not going to be your thing. I spend a lot more time online than my husband does. I'm more social than he is in that way too. And uh, yeah, if you're someone who has a lot of, it sounds like Damon has a lot of different interests, right? And so you get to kind of continue pursuing that while you have your your things in common. So how do you see this developing? I mean, if we were to look into our crystal ball for a second, uh, and we're all just speculating because technology changes so fast, but 
Now, when we look back in five years, in 10 years, what do you think, how are people going to meet going forward? Because there has been backlash against the dating apps. We talked about that with our guest, Nancy Jo Sales. We've talked about that with other guests also. So where is all of this going as you watch your friends going through their single lives? So I think it's going to be a simulation of real life. I think a lot of augmented reality kind of like virtual reality chats and like lounges like i mean kids are are have their kind of roblox community um i i have some nieces who who love roblox and like just kind of like maybe like a more adult setting kind of like that i could see and just people being more comfortable in that setting while still having some sort of physicality to it i think is maybe the future of hopefully of dating other hopefully something other than dating apps because they are inherently flawed so yeah and i will say i even I was getting my hair cut, I guess a couple months ago, and there was an older woman in there who was asking all about it, because my hairdresser was, of course, asking about Damon. She knows Damon. She's very involved in my life. And this little woman was like, oh, how, how did you guys meet? And I was a little hesitant to share with her, because, you know, this is a slightly older woman. I don't know how she's going to react to this, if she's going to go on a huge diatribe about how you shouldn't meet strangers on the internet and that sort of thing. And I just decided to be honest. And I told her, I said, actually, we met on a Facebook group. And I remember she spun around and looked at me and she was like, that's exactly how I met my husband. And I mean, (laughs) down to the, like, not the same podcast group, but she apparently met her now husband through a Facebook group for a podcast as well. So honestly, I kind of think that is the way that a lot of things are going at this point. I mean, you can see someone's Facebook for the most part, they're not. It's pretty easy to tell, I think, now if someone's catfishing you based on, you know, all the different things you can see about a profile. But people are online so often because it's so easy to just pull out your phone and go on it. And you just kind of organically find your people that way. Michelle, how long until uh, we get our first couple in our Strangers on the Internet Facebook group, which is a podcast group also? Yeah, I was just thinking the same thing. Wedding gift from me and Irina to the first couple that meets on our podcast Facebook group. (laughs) So, But yeah, I mean, I think what you guys are saying makes a ton of sense. To me personally, again, you know, I am an introvert, so I do see the appeal of online groups more for all the reasons we've discussed. But I think, Irina, your question is so great because 10 years ago, people did think it was weird that you would meet through match of course dot com or whatever it was before it was the apps you know and but now it's just so normal and i think the groups can be a natural extension of that and also we do see so jane as you talked about how it's easier to identify somebody who might be catfishing through social media and it's harder on a lot of these dating apps but on social media yeah and in groups even control for some of these variables, like some groups won't let you join if you haven't had Facebook for like three months or a year or something like that to really try to weed out catfish or the moderators might actually try to look at certain things about your profile to make sure you are who you say you are. And so it's really neat that those checks can exist and and do much better in online communities than they do on dating apps. If you guys haven't if any of you who's listening now haven't heard our episodes with Nancy Jo Sales, you should totally listen because she's very cynical about why the dating apps don't do what other online communities have already been able to do effectively as far as screening potential bad guys. 
Well, and I think in addition to that, that it's easier to be in a in a group setting because you know when you meet someone on a, on a dating app, it's immediately just you and them having a conversation. Whereas when you meet someone in a Facebook group setting, you know you're having a conversation with seventy other people at any given time, and so it's not just you know the pressure of one on one like who how much do I talk about myself? How much do I ask them about their selves? Getting through all of those basic kind of icebreaker nitty gritty little things. And it just seems so much simpler to have a community around you as you grow together. Well, and also I think because the the hit rate, let's say, is much larger on dating apps, you're going to see less predatory behavior on average, but there are bad people everywhere, right? But you're going to see less predatory behavior in the groups like the one where you met, right? Because your odds of finding a victim there for your catfishing are going to be much, much, much lower. People there might not even be interested in dating on and on and on, right? And that will reduce the percentage of bad people in those groups compared to on the dating apps. And so the whole setup, as you're saying, is different from the, the very, very beginning. So that's, that's very, that's very interesting. Yeah, I gotta say, you know, I'm not single. But if I was, I really think I'd be listening to this taking notes. Because as you said, the risk is kind of inherently lower. And the ability to organically connect on something is higher. Seems like a great idea to me. I mean, as we're talking through it, I'm not surprised at all that you guys have found each other that it's working out so well. And as you said, that you know, many other couples who have met in these kind of ways as well. Well, Michelle, if you or I ever become single at a future point, because you know, you never know, maybe we'll, uh, we'll turn that person into a guinea pig and we'll uh, experiment with the different ways that this happens. So Thank you so much to our guests for joining us today. This was a wonderful conversation and we, we learned so much uh, about these alternative ways of, of meeting and I think our listeners did also. If you enjoyed this podcast, please rate it five stars so that others have a chance to listen to it as well. And make sure to subscribe so that you can get our future episodes. All our platforms are accessible at strangersoninternet.com. Again, that's strangersoninternet.com, no the. You can become a part of our community by joining the Strangers on the Internet Facebook group or following us at Swipe Strangers on Twitter, Instagram, or Mastodon, where we are on the Falstodon server with two S's. We also appreciate your support to defray our costs to run the podcast. You can help us out at Swipe Strangers on coffee.com, which is ko-fi.com. I would like to thank my husband, Carlos Freini, for sound editing, as well as Vlad Kuyujuklu for permission to use his music for this podcast. Bye, everyone. Bye.